This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Ever wished you could shop something on Amazon or order food on Zomato, but you have second thoughts because it's the month end or waiting for your salary to come in sooner? What if you could get an instant credit? Buy now, pay later payment services allow you to purchase goods online or in store, delay upfront payment, and pay by installments over a period of time. Collectively, these companies are known as Buy Now, Pay Later companies, or BNPL for short. Over the course of the 2020 recession, Buy Now, Pay Later options skyrocketed, with over 74% of those survey respondents saying that they had used the Buy Now, Pay Later financing option for the first time since the pandemic began. If this sounds relatable, chances are you already use one of the many buy now, pay later apps like LazyPay, ZestMoney, Simple, or ePayLater. Each of these players offer bite-sized credits to users who want an easier way to sort out their everyday expenses with an option to order now and pay up over time in installments, usually with no extra interest charges. Millennials can't get enough of this convenience and Gen Z is hooked. In fact, reports suggest that these BNPL apps are the fastest growing online payment method today and is projected to go from a mere 3% market share to 9-11% over the next two years. But are these apps any different from credit cards or smaller loans offered by the finance companies? How do these apps actually make money? And what could possibly go wrong if one isn't too careful while signing up for these apps? Let's find out. It's Thursday, 12th of August. From the Economic Times, I'm Bhavya Dilipkumar. I spoke to several youngsters who told me that they are literally surviving on these apps. I started using these apps, uh, you know, the last three months. So mainly I'm using uh, LazyPay and uh, Simple, you know, for buying groceries in uh, Dunzo and Swiggy and Zomato and, uh, you know, several other apps. So this all started when, uh, you know, the COVID situation, you know, the second wave started. So I wanted not to, you know, go out and step out of my house to buy things. Okay, so for now, currently I'm having uh, 15,000 rupees, uh, you know, that I can, you know, credit limit is uh, there. Uh, that I can use off. So I've definitely have used more than, uh, you know, at least uh, 30,000. Of course, they give, uh, you know, cashbacks also. So every, uh, you know, time you repay them, uh, there is definitely a cashback. A credit card takes time. You have to obviously input the details. If the details are already saved, uh, then it's the CVV and it's the transaction page, then it's the OTP. So I, I believe personally, it's been super convenient. It's just a click away. You can have your transaction go through in just a click. I'm currently using Simple. Uh, actually, I got introduced to Simple through Zomato only. It was one month which I was tight on my budget. So, I just wanted to try what is this buy now, pay later. And it, it didn't ask for anything else other than my mobile number and email address. And it automatically got registered and my, I, my order was placed. 
since i'm using simple for a long time i know that zomato gives a lot of offers for people who pay through simple like free delivery 10 to 15% off and all that many like mansi shrinidhi tanya and akshay are finding these apps extremely convenient and time saving in fact i was curious enough to try one myself and now i have to pay rupees 1500 by the end of this month and just like me many youngsters actually do not choose this payment option because they completely run out of money people also find them convenient at checkout you know it's like those mints that you pick up at the billing station thanks to these apps being so seamless and simple to use their adoption is growing at a rapid pace in india estimates suggest that in terms of annualized volumes it's over a billion dollar a year and it's growing that's my colleague ashwin manikandan who reports extensively on the fintech and the banking sector in india there are around 33 uh, fintech companies who are facilitating bnpl either as a platform or as an nbfc uh, what we know for sure it's grown massively and it will continue to grow as indians continue to shop online credit card penetration in india it's around 6 crore uh, credit cards are there in circulation but really the number of uh, online shoppers it's anywhere between 200 300 million so there is obviously a big gap in the number of people who are carded and the number of people who are shopping online which uh, really gives you an idea of the demand Sebastian Simiatkowski CEO of Klarna Europe's one of the biggest BNPL fintech player said that the company is witnessing a million transactions per day with every we do about a million transactions a day now that's the size of the company with 85 million users worldwide for every transaction we actually do not only have the amount that you buy but the actual SKU level details the line item details something that Visa Mastercard and other people don't have that allows us to give a much richer customer experience The pandemic has of course accelerated the use of these apps and in fact many new players are jumping in for a piece of the action on the online based pnpl we have seen not just on e-commerce but so many sectors getting digitized beat your byju's your an academy your xigo make my trip all these companies have partnered with a bnpl player they are seeing value providing this option to their consumers because obviously there is a significant traction there are pure play bnpl players as well as fintech companies beat the likes of paytm who have been in the payment space for a while and they have been trying to crack bnpl which is a credit on top of a payment layer which paytm is trying to sort of crack amazon has been trying to do this for a, for a while there are also banks icici has a pay later option now i think access bank yes bank all of them are trying to sort of uh, build their products in this space During the pandemic what we also witnessed was many younger adults losing jobs or getting a salary cut that also made these apps a big savior who offered instant credits with lesser or no cost installment options to pay back Zest money is one of the popular platforms in the BNPL space Lizzie Chapman the co-founder and CEO of Zest money says her company has been growing by 100% every month post pandemic you saw in india especially during the first lockdown was a really dramatic shift in consumer behavior 
towards favoring online transactions. After the first wave, we actually saw the most incredible rebound. So we saw growth rates every month in excess of 100%, and that has continued into 2021. And I think for most players, the second wave was actually relatively moderate. So we've continued to see very, very high growth rates in demand, again, from both merchants and consumers. And I think what's happening now is the awareness of the product category is growing significantly. The concept of being pure is not something new. Sorry. On India's fastest growing EMI network. Think it done with Bajaj Finserv. Non-banking financial companies or NBFCs like Bajaj Finserve or Pine Labs have been in the market for quite some time now. You would have seen them sitting under an umbrella at the billing counters inside malls and shops offering no-cost EMI options, right? But what these traditional lenders do not have is an easy digital offering that is merged with a payment option at checkout while shopping online. The older guys usually gave out physical cards to transact. But many of these traditional finance companies like Bajaj are also eyeing this fast-growing lucrative digital space now. However, as they follow a different approach to underwriting, in other words, they follow different processes to assess the risk of repayment by a customer. This means traditional lenders could run into some challenges and be unable to accelerate the shift into this space. It's definitely happening. I would say that it's happening at a slightly slower pace than the pure play BNPL type companies. And one of the reasons is that a lot of the traditional MBFCs and banks have got very traditional underwriting practices, and therefore they don't yet have the capability uh, to do real-time digital underwriting. They still depend on a much more physical or operational underwriting flow. I think that will change. I think there's a lot of uh, development happening in the ecosystem. So the BNPL fintech platforms we see today have a similar business model, except that the merchants here are all e-commerce players. The business model is very simple, best defined as B2B2C, right? So we are at one point an enterprise solution for an e-commerce merchant or an online merchant. Uh, it means we offer a payment solution for them to offer their customers. But at the same time, we also touch the consumer directly because the consumer must have a relationship with Zest Money in order to repay uh, their installments and then continue to shop around the network. A BNPL company must have a number of merchants on the network, right? It can't just be a standalone because the more merchants on the network, the more usefulness to the customer and therefore the more revenue overall you can create from both customer and merchant. Just like any other payment solutions company, these platforms do yearn their revenues through merchant discount rates or popularly known as MDRs, which is a commission charged to a merchant, let's say like Amazon for payment processing services and for also bringing in more buyers into the platform. And some portion of the revenues also come from users in the way of membership fees, or some companies also yearn a part of their revenue from late fees levied on users who miss the payment deadline. These BNPL platforms also yearn a percentage from the manufacturers of the products we buy, which is a subvention charge. 
So if you combine the merchant and the manufacturer revenue lines, you get a very healthy revenue profile, which means that the revenue that's needed to be made from the customer can be much, much lesser. And this is one of the reasons BNPL products are so popular, because as a credit product to the consumer, it can be one of the lowest cost forms. The interest will be significantly lower than, say, a credit card. E-commerce, technology, and instant credits. No wonder India's millennials and Gen Zs are finding these apps super comfortable. What they love about BNPL is this extreme transparency. And more than that, really, really attractive deals and discounts that normally come alongside with it. The BNPL products are really good uh, for actually introducing uh, younger people to the world of credit, but in a very, very safe, sensible and moderate way. Credit limits that most of these providers give um, are very low. They're quite manageable. And so in a way, it provides a natural moderation on spending that a credit card doesn't. Credit cards can have very high limits. And I know that a lot of our customers tell us um, they find that a bit nerve wracking. Can these apps also lead one into a debt trap? I mean, I was tempted to spend a thousand bucks, right? It might as well get super addictive to anyone. In that sense, how different are these apps from credit cards? For a number of reasons, credit cards are probably the wrong financial instrument, especially for young people. A credit card, as you know, has a high credit limit that will increase in proportion to the bank's willingness to take risk on you. If you actually study the business model of credit cards, um, and this is something we're, we're relatively outspoken about, um, what we find is that a significant proportion of the revenue of a credit card company is coming from late payment fees and roll fees, right? And this is when the customer gets to the end of the month, realizes they've overspent, they will not be able to pay off their bill in full. And so they have to roll the balance to the subsequent month. Now that in India today can have a cost as high as 4%, even 5% per month. That's an extremely high cost of credit. So we think that's a much more nerve-wracking uh, and potentially dangerous and damaging business model that young people are very savvy to and would prefer not to get into. That can lead to these uh, debt traps. A lower credit limit may reduce the chances of you falling into a debt trap. But the other side of the coin is that BNPL apps do not have sufficient data about you to be confident to take a higher risk. Credit card companies go through an elaborate process while signing you up. They lend you money only after knowing your salary and your history of repaying loans. In the absence of this information, BNPL apps look at other data to determine how much they can lend you. Since these apps are on your phone, using them means you give them access to a lot of your data. They cleverly use this data to figure out if you'll actually pay back. Normally, the BNPL provider has access to a lot more digital data than a traditional uh, incumbent, say, credit card company. When a credit card company underwrites you, it's based on your historical credit score, which would be based on repayments you made in the past. Now, anything could have happened since then. You may have lost your job. You could have got a promotion. 
the pandemic could have had an impact. So rather than using backwards looking data, most BNPL companies today use real time data, which updates constantly, continuously, because it's based on the customer's transacting profile. The other thing a lot of BNPL companies will do is make use of alternative data. So not just things like credit score, uh, salary data, transaction information, but even things like what is the time of day you're doing this purchase? Um, how quickly are you doing this purchase? Are you somebody who whizzes through the checkout or do you spend time reading about the product, the terms and conditions, for example, that can make underwriting even more accurate than the traditional providers. We also have a algorithm, machine learning uh, mechanism that can adjust the underwriting model to the customer and the ticket size. So on a larger ticket loan, there may be additional verification levels that we conduct. So we call this a risk-based onboarding flow. Um, and this is something a lot of BNPL providers have perfected in, in other parts of the world as well. And it leads to the best possible user experience at the same time controlling risk in the most accurate way. These platforms also track your SMS data, or in the case of Zest Money, they use an advanced income estimation tool to know your salary before they can increase their lending limits. I spoke to Srinidhi, user of Lazy Pay, who accidentally missed paying back. Once I, by mistake, used Lazy Pay to pay my Zomato bill since Simple had some issues that day. So uh, what I did was I registered for Lazy Pay and my order got placed. But I totally forgot that I paid through Lazy Pay the next month. Apparently, they were sending me mails that my uh, bill is due. It's very less amount, like 200 or something. Uh, but I totally ignored it. Since I didn't have the app also, I didn't get much notifications also. So uh, what happened on the final? Final day, they called me saying that uh, interest of 70 rupees or something was uh, levied and I need to pay that immediately. So I had to pay my bill plus uh, an interest of 70 rupees also. So what happens if you don't pay back? Can these apps track you down and make you pay for it? For most BNP players, there's only one time fee and this is non-compounding in nature. And the second part is... Uh, most of the BNPL financiers report the repayment behavior of the consumers to the credit bureau. So typically, uh, if uh, a consumer is unable to pay that loan back in uh, 90 days since from the last date, it will be uh, treated as a default and NPA it will be treated as a default on the credit score and it can potentially have a hit if a consumer is not paying their loans back on time. Most financiers, do, uh, you know, because the size of loans is relatively small and it doesn't make economic sense for a financier to keep chasing a, a consumer because, you know, I mean, there are co costs involved in, uh, you know, these repayment, uh, you know, these, uh, re these collection sort of uh, methods. In Srinidhi's case, it was a very, very small amount. But some BNPL apps do offer credits up to a lakh. So who bears the loss if a user doesn't pay back? So the, the defaults or the MPAs, if and when they happen, will belong to whoever the registered lender is, which will either be one of the MBFCs and banks that Zest works on behalf of, or the Zest MBFC. I think on average, the industry in India 
probably sees uh, NPAs in the range of 1% to 4% in BNPL products. All these BNPL platforms should ideally get an NBFC license. Even Zest Money holds one. And the loss is typically taken on the NBFC's books. Big news recently from Twitter's founder, Jack Dorsey, shook the entire BNPL segment. Let's turn our attention to a big mover in the market today. Shares of Square soaring in this session on news. The company is acquiring Australian fintech player Afterpay. You see the stock there up more than 10%. It does come with a steep price tag, though. The $29 billion all-stock deal is a 30% premium to Afterpay's last closing price, but it does give Square a larger foothold into the company's second largest market. These apps are fairly new. Like Ashwin mentioned, there's no official data about these platforms yet. In this scenario, how can we justify such huge valuations? If you see across the globe, the fintech sector, the kind of valuations has been drawing over the past uh, couple of years, it's been quite phenomenal. But the transaction between Square and Afterpay also sort of follows a $29 billion deal. BNPL as a product really sits at the intersection of three most exciting segments of uh, consumer internet, which is payments, e-commerce, and credit through digital platforms, right? And all three of them individually has been in demand among investors so much across the globe. That's one of the way to look at a BNPL valuation because there is an obvious uh, gap in the penetration of credit cards, of uh, banks sort of giving small ticket loans, especially unsecured loans to younger folks who are coming online. Okay, so it's the expectation that has earned such valuation for Afterpay and for many more in the coming future. In January, RBI banned around 30 loan apps that were termed unregulated and one such was a BNPL app. The Reserve Bank of India today issued strong warnings on a new avatar of digital loan sharks that have cropped up, especially in the post-lockdown period when many people had lost jobs and all operations shifted online. It's now turning out to be a multi-crore, multi-city money lending racket. Three people are said to have died by suicide because of pressure by online agents. So this BNPL space has caught the attention of the regulators in India and across the world. What RBI regulation says is if you're giving, I mean, you, you can only uh, lend on your books if you have an NBFC license. So, I mean, technically you can be a, a, a BNPL facilitator without being an NBFC as long as you don't take that risk on your book. In terms of regulation, you're seeing in Singapore, Sweden, uh, Australia, even UK, I think there, there, there are discussions happening on the placement of BNPL. Is it a credit product or it's marketed more as a payment or a budgeting sort of uh, product. So I think uh, some of those codes are being finalized, but in India, most of the players operate with the certainty that they are regulated by RBI, wherein most of the platforms are complying with RBI's KYC norms, the compliance on uh, PMLA guidelines as well. RBI is also currently formalizing the regulations on digital lending. The recommendation should be out in the next week or so. In fact, bunch of these fintech BNPL players are also forming an industry body to keep up with the regulatory norms. So we started something called the Digital Lending Association in India, a bunch of the, the earlier fintechs. We've put together that uh, body to help fintechs understand how the regulation works and make sure that the industry is built in a very 
um, sustainable and safe way that ultimately protects the consumer, which is good for all of us. Do we read the terms and conditions or give access to information or data consciously? I don't think so. Honest answer, absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe uh, just a few points in the beginning and the few points in the end, that's all. But we don't uh, you know, usually read what's in the middle. No, no, I definitely did not. No, absolutely so. That's what I'm saying, right? People, oh, they're giving money for free at that point of time. Who will actually even want to read about it? But it's very, very important to do that and understand these apps before signing up for it. If an app asks for too many permissions whilst you're downloading it, be aware. An app should not need, for example, access to your contacts. That would be a big red flag. And I would advise any consumer who downloads an app that asks for contact access um, to immediately uninstall. A second red flag that's really important is if an app does not do what feels like real regulated KYC, then you should also be very, very suspicious. So an app that is not asking for your PAN number or RR number um, is probably not operating legally. So I'd say those are two of the biggest red flags. Uh, but generally, I'd advise consumers read around, read all the reviews, uh, don't just read reviews in the app store because we all know they can sometimes be gamed. Go online, Google things like Trustpilot, uh, Google for Business, read around and make sure that you are taking a product from a reputable operator. Very important. The fact that credit card penetration is much lower in India compared to the reach of a smartphone and e-commerce is one of the main reasons for the rapid growth of these BNPL apps. And these platforms have definitely democratized the way credit works and are disrupting traditional lending mechanisms. However, there's also a flip side to it. When young adults move from a save now, buy later mode to a buy now, pay later mindset, they run the risk of developing bad spending habits and an unhealthy dependence on debt. Also keep in mind that while a few BNPL platforms charge no late fees, many others charge anywhere between rupees 100 to rupees 150 a day if you miss a payment. So all is well as long as you pay it back. These platforms are fairly new and are yet to be completely brought under the purview of a regulator. So like Lizzie pointed, watch out for the red flags and read about the platform before you jump in and sign up. I'm Bhavya Dilakuma and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited and coordinated by Nehal Chalyawala. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at timesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description. 